Hey everyone, uh, um, welcome, welcome to, to our podcast. podcast. So, so my name's Aya, and, and so we, me and Sadie, Sadie we started this podcast, podcast as, as a way to try to talk about our gap year that we went on this past year in Ecuador. Ecuador. And so, so um, yeah, so Sadie's, Sadie's here with me. With me. Do you want to maybe talk about yourself a little bit? Yeah, yeah. so I'm Sadie. I'm from Northwest New Jersey. Um, but yeah, I spent the past seven-ish, almost seven months living in a semi-rural community um, called Santa Ana in, or right outside of the city of Cuenca in Ecuador. And I was lucky enough to live close to another fellow named Aya, who's on the podcast. And we, during the second half of the gap year, were um, in the same extended family. So we lived as host cousins and had a lot of shared experiences and moments with the family as a result of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those experiences that we had. Yeah, and we were thinking for this episode specifically, we could talk about the food since... I think that was probably one of the biggest shocks to me, um, even though I am half Mexican. I didn't really know anything about South America and what f- the cuisine is like in South America. I only really knew about what cuisine is like in Mexico, and I expected that the entirety of South America would be like that. Um, but I was wrong. So I think, yeah, it'd be really interesting to talk about that and how it affected our daily lives um, and how... Well, there were a lot of big differences, but I guess there were there were also some similarities, and I think it'd just be really interesting to dive into that for sure. And yeah, yeah and kind of the role that food played in connecting with our families and in celebrations and just different different ways that food um, was emphasized in the in lives there. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we can start off with what your typical day would look like what when would you eat breakfast Uh, when would you have dinner sometimes I don't like what was it do you think it was the same for every family um yeah so do you remember anything from what others said or or actually let's just start off with what your daily or daily routine looked like in terms of meals yeah so I definitely I had two very different kind of um, polar opposite experiences just with my host families in Ecuador as I had two different host families. Um, in the first one, meals were, um, it was a very busy, hardworking family of eight, eight people most of the time. So meals were um, shared on occasion, but for the most part, people ate um, when they needed to and then did what they had to do. Um, But my host, my first host mom ran a restaurant, a small Almuerzo restaurant across the street from the house. So obviously food was an important aspect of um, their livelihoods and um, my time there. So I spent a lot of time in the restaurant um, helping out, peeled a lot of potatoes and typically, my mom would start cooking at 9 in the morning. She would usually make a soup, as soup is the first dish 
usually for lunch. And so she'd have a different soup each day of the week. And then she'd make a big pot of rice and then usually some meat and a little bit of salad, which usually consisted of a vegetable or two mixed together with some mayonnaise. And then she would serve the soup first and then (laughs) move into the second course, which whatever that was, rice with some meat and carb. Yeah. And I think that's interesting to point out that or yeah you reminded me how there are typically two courses to lunch and I think people in Ecuador typically take their meals very seriously it's not something that oh you quickly boil pasta and then just put pre-bought tomato sauce on there it's not anything quick like that usually takes a bit of time and it's usually the mom that makes it um not always, but um, that's what I typically saw. Um, but yeah, soup, super important. And then I remember getting there, and then they offered me soup, and I was like, dang, this is like a, this is kind of filling. And then they're like, do you want like the main course now? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so soup isn't supposed to be like something that's kind of small. Um, it's like a dish in itself. And then after you eat that soup, and then, yeah, so meat and rice. And, like, to emphasize how important rice is there, like, it's with every meal. If you had spaghetti for dinner, you would have it with rice. That's how important it is. We know from anecdotal experience. And not that it's it's just, it's a very cultural thing because I... Um, when you're in that high of an altitude, you get hungry very quickly. And so you need a lot of carbs to be able to feel full for long periods of time. And so that's why everyone eats rice with every and everything. And so I think um, because we come from areas that aren't high in altitude and in the United States, I don't think people really eat rice every day. Typically, typically I think, yeah, it was definitely a big change in diet yeah for sure and especially considering the fact that um yeah as you said rice was used as like it was the fuel like the food the food is obviously the fuel um but a lot of our families um they needed you know you really need your fuel to sustain yourself for the whole carbs i mean even in breakfast it would be bread so breakfast carbs bread um yeah lunch same you had rice dinner also same rice um yeah so carbs were definitely a very very important part of the the food in in ecuador for sure yeah and then maybe we can talk a bit about what kind of food people eat on special occasions oh yeah i i think that was also definitely a culture shock for sure so one special occasion that comes to mind when I think of food is this time that happened right after Christmas and right before New Year's when Aya's host family and Aya and I went to see her sister, Aya's host sister, perform a dance that she had been practicing um, along with some family, like extended family relatives and um, other people. And so we went down to this party that was happening in someone's house. I don't know. I I don't know if you remember who 
It was so my host sister Vivi had been practicing with um, her uncle this traditional Ecuadorian dance and there so this we went to the house of the other people in the dance troupe who were gonna dance to this uh, traditional uh, music and traditional dance but I don't think they were related to our family in any way I think they were just friends of the uncle yeah, so completely, I don't think my host mom even knew who they were, knew who they were. Yeah, but. so we, we were kind of yeah. brought, obviously, we don't know who they are, um, and we, yeah, we don't have really any connection to the people's house that we're in, but we walk in, and most people are clearing their plates, or have mostly cleared their plates, um, and are getting ready to perform this dance, and yet, when we sat down at the table, they brought out big plates of food for us and it consisted of lots of rice, lots of potatoes and guinea pig, um, like a whole, whole sides of a guinea pig, which is a very important traditional food that is valued and eaten a lot at important celebrations or occasions um, and that we encountered a lot at, at those parties. Yeah, and I think your um, host mom, my host aunt, uh, actually raised Mm -hmm. a lot of, she, yeah, she, I think, has about 100 or something? No? Less than that? Maybe 40. 40? Yeah, still a Mm -hmm. lot, though. And, like, yeah, so she, I think, raises them to sell them. Or on special occasions, she'll bring it to um, celebrations. And I remember just so so I think the first so when we first got to Ecuador, the first week was just um, for us to get comfortable in our host family. But then the second week was when we started our apprenticeships or our internships. And the I think it was the second day. I started working. Uh, they had a party for me, and they prepared <laughs> guinea pig, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is this? Like we had heard about it, right? Because we, we were we were um, told by the gap year program supervisors about this, about um, guinea pig, and. Uh, eaten during special occasions and so like I knew what it was but I was still kind of like I kind of didn't know what to make of it to be complete yeah complete to be completely honest I was a tiny bit gross yeah and so what guinea pigs look like rats (laughs) when they have fur taken off their fur when their fur is taken off they look like that is just statement but kind of what can you what did you taste or what did it taste like the first time you tried it and did you did your opinion shift as um, as you tried it more and as we spent more time there? I think for me, the issue isn't the taste. It's how it looks. Um, so they gave me the head part, the upper body. So they cut it in half in the abdomen. And so I got it from up. And just looking at the face, I just felt so bad. <laughs> the guinea pig that I just couldn't eat it 
Like it tastes so good. The skin, the skin is, is so like good. so good. It's like if you've ever had like Mexican like chicharron, it tastes. It doesn't taste like it, but it's like just like the crispy skin. It's kind of similar to that. Very good, but and I think and the meat itself is also good, but it's kind of hard to eat because a lot of guinea pigs don't have a lot of meat on them, and so you're just kind of sucking on the bones, trying to get the meat off that way. And then some have a lot of fat in them, and that you just don't want to eat it because <laughs> um, one, it's not good for you, and two, it's it might not taste very good either if you don't if you're not really into that. Um, so I think it's just hard for me to eat it too. Yeah, but the biggest thing for me was just that it looks like an animal still. Well, here in the U.S., you can just buy like a package like chicken thighs. You'll just be like exactly like chicken, and so you're fine eating it. But when you're there and then you see the whole thing, I just I just couldn't really. Yeah. And I feel like that's a just touched on something very different from our culture where there's kind of for a lot of people, for the average consumer, there's a disconnect between the raising the food and then consuming it. So in Ecuador, I feel like for me, at least, yeah, I my mom, my second host mom took me to see her guinea pigs on the second day. And so. We went and cut the alfalfa or the the feed for them, and then I watched them scurry about, and then I saw all the way through the process of then um, killing it and then skinning it and cleaning it and dressing it and then eventually consuming it. So there's definitely you can see the connection more, and also its facial right. features maybe. Right, and 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 then you really get to think about about how these animals are killed right do you, is it i mean if you can even say it um is it pain, painless to them is it very instantaneous or are they killing them in a way where it's very painful to the animal and i don't think i'd really thought about that before uh with the meat that i consumed um yeah so I think it just makes you think about everything uh, back home. Like, what are you eating? How was it killed? Are you okay with it being killed? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember I sent a picture of a pig, like a full pig on a stand being torched on Christmas Day to my family back home to like my extended family. And one of my aunts was disgusted by it and she was like don't ever send me that again that's horrifying um but she too was consuming pork on christmas so it definitely puts it into perspective and also uh, from from just like my observations i feel like in ways there's more respect um in terms of like the treatment of animals and then how they're being raised and then consumed it's less Less of a manufactured method, obviously, but right, yeah. Who are you to say that that's disgusting? Um, if you yourself are also eating the same thing, it's it's just the difference of whether you see the process, right, of it uh, getting killed. And I did not turn vegetarian or vegan after that, but <laughs> it just still still makes me think. You know, I, I think twice about eating pork yeah. now. I haven't eaten really? pork since I've gotten back. 
Well, yeah. I I haven't either, but that's kind of expected. But so I I was a lifelong yeah, vegetarian <laughs> before going to Ecuador, so I tried a a lot of new meat. And now I I've continued to eat meat a little bit. We have chicken and turkey and salmon at home. Yeah. I don't think I'd say I'm proud of you because that's like you shouldn't be proud of someone being forced to eat something they haven't eaten before um, slightly against their will maybe but I think yeah I was very surprised that you were able and you were willing to try all those different meats that yeah thank you I I definitely food has always been I've always been kind of scared of meat so I now the fact that I can Mm. just eat it without having issues is definitely big personal growth for me yes <laughs> i agree um what else what else oh um what about um or actually i don't think we ever finished talking about what a day oh we didn't what happened uh yeah let's return to that um yeah i think so to do a quick um, I guess summary or outline of what happens in a day in terms of meals. So, uh, people usually wake up. I think when they're going out to work, they're probably going to wake up right around six. Yeah. Um, and start working maybe around seven. So you eat breakfast around six, have bread, coffee, and every family is different. But my family, what their version of coffee was, was like milk and sugar with like a dash of coffee. <laughs> um, so you got that coffee flavor, but it wasn't overpowering. And yeah, so people don't really like anything that's not like people don't really like bitter or anything that's not um, pleasing yeah, for to the sure. palate, I guess. Um, and then. For for lunch, you usually have it, I would say, around 12, 1. Some people may, might have it at 11, same mm-hmm. as the U.S. Um, and then dinner. My family, uh, because my sibling, my host siblings got or went to school in the afternoon, so they would come back maybe around 7, 7.15, and then sometimes we wouldn't, we wouldn't have dinner until 8. Um, and so that was pretty normal. Oh, actually, sorry. Before dinner, you would have cafe, which is like a snack, another cup of coffee, <laughs> more bread at around four or five, because you probably will get hungry after lunch. Yeah. Even though you, you you do eat a lot. Oh, also, we haven't talked about. Oh, we have not. Or stomach expansion. <laughs> Yes. Overall. Yeah. <laughs> from the portion sizes. Um, in Ecuador, I think the way people show that they really care about you is by giving you a lot of food. But a lot of times, I would not be able to stomach all of it. I was not able to finish. Exactly. And and also half of the amount of food that you're given is yeah. rice, plain white rice. And so I was not I was not able to finish my food most of the time. 
yeah it was definitely something that Uh, we had to adjust to and still were adjusting to or just accepting that (laughs) it wasn't going to go every time up until when we left um right yeah and so I think yeah it's definitely a way of showing that you care and um that so when then when if you were to not finish or if you were to not not take a full portion there was often um kind of like oh what like you're gonna I I actually don't know if this is responsible storytelling so I'm gonna stop talking but I was gonna talk about um just some of the comments that would be made if like you don't finish your food but yeah. we don't have to. Yeah. I yeah. That can be for <laughs> part and a different episode. Stigmas yeah. associated with Good idea. a lot of different things. <laughs> Your di- yeah. different actions. Um but I think from what I saw for almost I think every family that I heard of that everyone had like everyone's family ate meals to- together. Yeah. I would agree. And I, I mean, at least um, like one meal out of the day, um, like in my host family, dinner was very important because my dad was gone working in the city all day long. And um, my mom was very busy and occupied um, at the house. And so she put a lot of time and energy into making dinner each night and then we would always almost always wait for um, my host dad to get home before we sat down and ate and it was I mean yeah it was the time to catch up and um, just enjoy time together as a family mm-hmm. yeah woody woo yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so I think we wrapped that up. I think we pretty much hit on most of the points uh, related to food in Ecuador and our experience. Um, Sadie, do you have anything else? Yeah, no, I think that we did a, we covered most of the the points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um... Yeah, so our next podcast, we have a few things that we're going to choose from, but it'll, I think it'll touch on maybe some of the things we talked about today, but um, hope, yeah. Yeah, we love podcasts. Yeah. Yes. First podcast. First first podcast. So we'll see how the next one goes. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hope you guys have. Yes, hope you guys have a good day, and uh, we'll see you next time.